0: This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. This week, uh, the talk of the town and the nation, the presidential election, the outcome, uh, Mayor, was not something that you would hope for. Tell us your story. You were down in uh, New York City on election night?
1: I was, and I was expecting to celebrate a victory and to be in the Javits Center when... Uh, Hillary Clinton broke that glass ceiling, went down with much anticipation, and came back uh, with a disappointment. But we all woke up as Americans the next day. And so my focus is really on ensuring that we continue to be a voice for those who we know uh, have challenges in our country and in our communities and to continue that
0: work. What kind of a president do you think Donald Trump will be?
1: Well, my hope obviously is that he will be a great president. I hope that he uh, is uh, successful in his role as president. I hope that he recognizes the uh, you know the weight that comes with being president and the fact that words matter. And I sit here today as a woman and I can't walk away from the fact that I'm a woman. And over the course of his campaign, he said some really horrible things about women. Now, he can say that he didn't mean them and people can laugh them off. Mm -hmm. But the words matter. Words matter very much. And when you're president and you're commander in chief and you are seen as the leader of the free world, That is something that is a huge responsibility. And I thought that his acceptance speech uh, struck a good tone. It was a good start. And we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Obviously, whatever he was doing was popular with a great many people. You know, he won the election.
1: That's right. You know, it looks like uh, that Hillary may have won the popular vote, but he won the electoral vote. And that's our system. It was very, very close. I mean, what it shows is that we are very much divided it's about equal in the division that we saw in this election what we also saw is that millions of people stayed away uh you know the final numbers aren't in as of the time that we're having this conversation but it looks like overall turnout was down possibly by as much as 9 million votes compared to 2012 and so even though more people were registered to vote in this election there were 200 million people registered to vote in 2016 as compared to about 148 million mm-hmm. in, in 2012. Even though so many more people were registered, they stayed home. And I think that's a message that elected officials need to think about and. Uh, really uh, respond to because there were a lot of people that didn't get out and make their voices heard. But of those that did, I think we're pretty evenly divided. And mm-hmm. I think that the, the what I see is that there's a much larger portion of the country that I had anticipated who are truly fed up with mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. in Washington.
0: Now, Donald Trump was, I mean, New York State went for Clinton, but Trump carried, uh, you know, had a lot of support upstate, even, you know, in our area. I did note that with the figures I saw, saw that he did lose, you know, quite substantially in Albany County. But he, he's, you know, you, to me, I see the Trump signs all over the place, and I saw very few Clinton signs up here.
1: Well, I think that that had more to do with the fact that the Clinton campaign was focused on getting volunteers and General. Uh, GOTV efforts from New York into the swing states. So we had people from Albany who were going down to Pennsylvania, into Ohio, making phone calls into Florida. And so there was a lot of work to be done, not a lot of persuasion. She won overwhelmingly in New York State. She won overwhelmingly in California. She won overwhelmingly in urban centers. And so that's really where you see the divide, is that I think that there are entire areas of this country, mainly rural and small towns where they have a frustration around the level of attention that they are getting in Washington and what's happening in Washington. And that's something that we all need to listen to, Democrats and Mm -hmm.
0: Republicans alike it seems the democrats are are missing the white male vote for example
1: well you know it it really is going to be interesting to see as the analysts look at this election as the final numbers to co- come in to see where the divide is they certainly have lost the non college educated white male vote you know that went overwhelmingly for donald trump and I don't know how much it helps us to parse down Mm -hmm. at that level. The story and the message that I hear loud and clear is that notwithstanding how things are going in Albany and Albany County, which are relatively possible. Uh, positive. The capital region is growing jobs. We're seeing growth in wages. We still have work to do, but we're seeing that there is an uptick. And there are other parts of the country where there, that's not happening, and there is frustration with business as usual. Now, I happen to disagree as to how we got to the point where Washington was stuck and not responding to people. I happen to think that that had a lot to do with Republicans refusing to work with our president. But the reality is that's where we are. And I think that's what we saw in this election in many places across the country. That frustration boiling over and going with a candidate who has never held elective office and who many see as a reality TV star.
0: Final point, what uh, What about a woman president? Will you see one in your lifetime?
1: I don't know. I think that the juxtaposition between almost having the first woman president in my lifetime and the demeaning and indefensible things that were said by our president-elect about women. His dismissiveness of us, his objectification of women, those aren't things that you can walk away from. Those aren't things that were said about him. Those aren't things that were rumored. Those are words that came out of his mouth. And so I do think that women have a very long way to go based on what happened uh,
0: on Tuesday. This is Talk of the Town. We're joined by Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. We do have a constituent question. If you have a constituent question for the mayor, you can email them to with a K at albanyny.gov. A person writes, Mayor, it's my understanding that you meet with the staffs of all the city departments about once a month. This is great management, but as a regular listener to your interviews on Magic Radio, you rarely talk about your management job. And I think your listening audience would be interested in hearing about what it takes to be mayor.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it is that balance between, uh, you know, talking about how the soup is made and then discussing how delicious the soup is. But I do enjoy uh, rolling up my sleeves and sitting with all of our departments on an operational level so that. I can understand what some of the challenges are that are happening. For example, uh, some of the challenges that our code inspectors face with doing their job and responding to complaints about bed bugs. Mm. You know, These are the types of uh, challenges that come to light in these meetings where we have to prioritize and plan for what procedures do we need to put in place in order to address that. And so it's also my opportunity to take constituent concerns and questions that we get in the mayor's office and bring them back to the departments so that we can take a deeper dive and talk about procedurally what's happening that's resulting in us getting six phone calls about uh, something that might be happening uh, with building and codes or with, I don't want to pick on any department, Mm -hmm. but, you know, so what do we need to do? What resources do we need to have operationally so that we don't continue to have this problem in the city or this challenge in the city. So it is uh, an opportunity for me to really get down at that employee level. We have these meetings, and they include uh, a number of people from within each department so that I can have a better understanding of the challenges that they're facing and what resources I need to be putting in place as mayor in order to get a different result.
0: We're talking with Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. Uh, We have uh, several uh, stories in the news. I want to uh, get your comment. Uh, There was some coverage about Lincoln Pool, that Lincoln Pool in Albany, which the a place where my son was a lifeguard years ago, is leaking water. Uh, what is being done to fix the problem, and will the pool open this summer?
1: So first I want to say this isn't a new problem. I think as long as it's been open, potentially, it has been leaking a significant amount of water. We have a water department and a water commissioner who really wanted to focus on understanding what the issues were with respect to that Uh, water leakage and how much was leaking. But the intention is to, uh, we're asking for some capital funding in 2017 in order to do an engineering study so that we can get a better understanding of why it's leaking. That's a a challenge that we have not been able to address with our own internal engineering, so we're Mm -hmm. looking for some external expertise. And then we also have a funding application in that we hope will jumpstart an actual engineering study for resolving this issue. But we have every intention of opening the pool and keeping it open in 2017. It is in our operations budget. So this loss of water, while very concerning, is not new, and I don't want to be in a position of... Having to close this pool, nor does the water department advocate that we close this pool because it does serve such an important Mm -hmm. community need. But we can't continue to ignore the problem. We want to try to see if we can address
0: it. It is well used. I mean, a lot of people. It is
1: very well used. And it is where we do swimming lessons for all sorts of summer camp programs, free programs for young people. And so this is an important community asset. And as I said, this leak The leaking is not new. This is something that has been happening for years and years. But we do want to try to get our arms around it and advocate for this incredible jewel that we have in the city of Albany and for funding to, we
0: hope, uh, solve this issue and repair it. Also uh, in the news involving the city budget, there was a union uh, protest and a follow-up letter to the editor involving raises. Dozens of city blue-collar workers came out at a Common Council budget hearing to protest uh, that there are select raises for some management staff in Albany's proposed budget. City workers argue it's not right to give raises to uh, these employees, while city union contracts are expired in some cases, and many Uh, union members have been without raises for several years. Uh, What's your uh, reaction to their dissatisfaction?
1: Well, I can certainly understand their dissatisfaction and frustration, and we continue to negotiate in good faith with our unions. We're talking about raises in the city budget. For roughly a dozen people, most of them in our law department, it's a department where we've had difficulty uh, retaining attorneys because of the competitive environment that exists. And the net result to the law department budget is a reduction. So we are eliminating a position creating a new paralegal position that's going to be incredibly important in our building and codes department and providing some raises to people. Just to give you a sense, these raises total $35,000. Period, a uh, roughly thirty-five thousand dollars in raises that we're talking about in the water department. The raises are more significant, and our water commissioner has proposed those raises again because he has had issues in retaining and attracting employees for certain professional positions that exist within the water department. And he has, uh, you know, he has proposed those raises. He manages a thirty-five million dollar business mm-hmm. uh, that is our water department. It is. Off budget, it's not impacting raises to employees. It's not impacting uh, our our union workforce. That is uh, the the determination that was made in his running of his business that he needed to make those raises. So, you know, I I understand the frustration. I can hear you know a, a union employee saying any raise is too much of a raise. But we're really talking about a total of about thirty five thousand hmm. dollars. Some of which are just to bring people up to the new FLSA, the Fair Labor Standards Act. Pay level so that we don't incur overtime expense with respect to those employees.
0: The letter I mentioned uh, in the Times Union made the case that well, you you have said I believe in the past, uh, and that these raises are needed to attract good people. And they say the same thing applies, let's say, to police and and fire uh, because they're they could be paid more elsewhere at, uh, in in other uh, municipalities.
1: Well, again, the difference being that we have to negotiate in order to be able to provide raises to police and fire. I can't propose those raises. Um, We are in the process of negotiations. I can't discuss negotiations, but that is something that we are actively seeking to settle um, with our unions.
0: Okay. Um, Another budget issue, Found Money, an additional $440,000 was apparently mistakenly budgeted for officers in the Albany Police Department 2017 uh, budget. Um, Why did this take this mistake take place, and what are the plans for this found money?
1: Well, it's not first of all found money. What I will say is that each of our departments built their own budgets, and that's how we've always done it. The departments propose budgets, um, but they built those budgets in our new ERP system, and in. Entering information into that system, it resulted in creating more officer positions than what the police department had intended. Uh, I think that it's interesting to note that we're talking about a, really a rounding error when you look at the fact that we have implemented this entire new ERP system, had to train people on this system, and this error, while it's unfortunate, is very small when it, you're looking at a whole $171 million budget. Um, the issue around the exam- dollar amount we're still trying to drill down the 440,000 came from the police department and we have asked them to actually demonstrate the ex- how they arrived at that dollar amount because they made certain assumptions about benefits and about retirement so we're trying to drill down as to what that difference is but again you know this is the, an example that a budget is just a planning document mm-hmm. from the time that the police department created the budget until today they've lost a key i t person so some of that funding they are going to need mm-hmm. in order to fill that position and to fill that much in that, that need in the department. They're also looking to add a person because based on the feedback they're, that they're getting from our body-worn cameras, they're going to need another clerk to administer the body-worn camera program. So we're looking at... Uh, what the actual dollar amount is, what the impact is, and we will continue to work with the police department and communicate back to the council as to what the actual fiscal impact is going to be.
0: Another topic in the news, patronage. Albany TU uh, columnist Chris Churchill called the recent hiring of County Democratic Party Chairman Jack Flynn patronage. Flynn was hired by the sheriff, Craig Apple, a Democrat, after Flynn was let go from another government job where he had angered his boss, reportedly. Uh, The Times-Union story contends that County Executive Dan McCoy and you are Flynn's patrons in this case, and I understand that you... Probably can't comment on a specific personnel issue, but isn't it true that many government jobs are awarded to loyal members of whichever political party is in power?
1: Well, one of the reasons that I got involved in city politics is because I believe that we need to be moving to... uh, good, effective, efficient government. And so uh, I can't speak to the decision that was made by Sheriff Apple. Um, I certainly know um, that, you know, there are those who are going to look askew at what happened. Um, I also know that the party chairman, um, Jack Flynn, I know him uh, relatively well. And so I don't want to speak specifically to that. I think he's a very competent and capable person. Um, And, but I, I really believe that one of the things that we have succeeded in doing in city government is demonstrating that we are looking for people who are best qualified to fill the jobs that we have available. And when you look at the hiring that has occurred since I became mayor and the diversity associated with that hiring and the caliber and quality of the people that we've attracted to city government, that's something that I am very proud of.
0: Mm. So it doesn't happen? What, uh, the you know, I,
1: I have not I can sit here and tell you I have not been asked by anybody mm. to hire a person simply because they were worked for the party or uh, as a political favor. It, that just that conversation has never occurred.
0: We're almost out of time. Just a couple of shout-outs. Sergeant Henry Johnson uh, was honored again, the uh, famous um, World War I hero, Medal of Honor uh, winner, uh, because it is uh, Veterans Day, and uh, there was, he was honored at a program, I believe, at City Hall.
1: That's right, and we took this opportunity of Veterans Day to make Henry Johnson Day a permanent day. I often um, declare days, uh, it's one of the things that we do, when we issue proclamations, but I am pleased to say that we have decided that we are permanently making June 5th, which was the day that he enlisted uh, Henry Johnson Day in the city of Albany, and there will be a celebration around that on an annual basis.